Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. Jacqueline, what's going on? Hey, George, we're here. We're both here. We're excited. Let's talk about four ways for us to achieve financial freedom. Yeah, you know, financial freedom is, is the buzzword. I feel like between that and generational wealth, like those are the buzzwords of the culture, which I'm not mad at, right? Because at the end of the day, I'd rather you be talking about that or excited about that um, instead of other stuff. But, you know, who would we be if we didn't actually give some specifics around, you know, what are the different levers that you can pull when it comes to being financially free? So that's what we wanted to highlight today. Um, So the first one that comes to mind when I think about financial freedom is, you know, you can accelerate the rate of return on your investments, right? So when we think about it, you know, when you want to be financially independent, you just have to back into a number, right? It's like, I need this amount of financial resources in order to be financially indestructible, right? Everybody has a number. Um, I think the, the more common formula is like taking your uh, expenses, your monthly expenses, multiplying it by 12 to get your annual expenses, and then ultimately multiplying that by 25. And then that is your financial independence number, right? There's another couple of other ways you can back into it and it'll translate to the same math, but essentially that's it, right? Now, when you see that number though, it might seem a little daunting, like, yo, how am I gonna come up with 3 million bucks? But, you know, obviously the the name of the game is cash flow as well, right? Because at the end of the day, you need the money or the resources to cover your expenses. So as long as you have cash flow that can produce that, you don't necessarily just have to have a nest egg that you can withdraw um, a safe percentage from without disrupting your principal of your portfolio, right? Um, so I don't. So we don't want you to get too scared or overwhelmed with this idea of having to achieve that number. But that is a good north star for you to know um, what you need in order to be financially independent. So back to my original point. Um, investment returns, right? So if we understand what the number is, naturally, if let's just say at one point you were earning 7%, but then you figure out how to earn 10, 11, or 12% on average, then that is inherently going to accelerate the amount of money that you accumulate, accumulate in a shorter period of time. Right now, I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, well, shit, if if I could do that, everybody would do it. If I could just improve my investment returns. Right. So then the question becomes, how do you do that? There's only really two two answers to that. Right. Number one is you learn the skill set of investing. Right. If you learn the skill set of investing. Right. Then ultimately, you're 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 betting on yourself to be able to beat, let's just call it like the S&P 500. Right. Which on average you know, might yield eight to 10% a year or something like that, right? You're saying that you believe you can beat that because you developed a high income, a skill set on mastering investing. The reality though, is most people don't want to do that. So then the other alternative is hiring a professional whose sole responsibility or one of the responsibilities for, for you is to manage your investment portfolio, right? Because now you're outsourcing or delegating it to a professional and naturally they should be able to beat or outpace 
uh, standard benchmarks, because if not, then you're better off just putting it in an index fund and letting it do what it does, right? So those are the only two ways that I see that you can improve your investment returns. Jacqueline, what do you think? Yeah, when it comes to your investment returns, there's there's a ton of things that actually come to mind. But when it comes to managing your own, there's three things that I think of. And when it comes to managing your own investments, one, you have to have the time to do so. So you have to have the time to stay up with what's happening with the stock market. What's going on with our economy? What's going to happen in, you know, six months from now? You know, what kinds of investments should I be in? You know, then you've had to have the desire, right? You have to actually want to spend the time doing that kind of a thing. And then you have to have the expertise. So you have to know how to design your portfolio to return you 10, 11, 12% on average, and then potentially more and even better years, right? So you have to have the time, the desire, and the expertise in order to get those solid investment returns that, like you said, a financial professional should be able to provide for you. So when you are DIY on your investment returns, there's a couple other things that come to mind for me when it comes to everybody in this buzzword of generational wealth, right? And how do we create generational wealth and how do we achieve financial freedom. Two things that come to mind for me are risk tolerance and risk capacity. Okay, this is as sexy as it gets. All right. Risk tolerance versus risk capacity. So our risk tolerance, that's literally how much risk can we tolerate in the market? So when we're seeing these ups and downs, right, when we're going through a 2020, when we're going through a 2008, when the market is having a correction, meaning that it is down 10% and all you hear about on the news is the stock market is down, stock market is down, everything is red. How does your stomach feel during that time? What are your hands doing to your investments? Are you sell, sell, sell? Are you chilling out? Are you trying to buy? What are you doing during that time? That tells us what your risk tolerance is. Okay, now we're going to compare that to your risk capacity. All right, now this is the problem that we run into with people who are trying to create generational wealth and they're trying to achieve financial freedom. They don't understand their risk capacity, okay? Your risk capacity is how much risk you have to take in order to reach your goals. So that $3 million that you're talking about, George, how are we going to get there? Well, you're probably not going to get there with $100 a month and a 60-40 portfolio. Right. Okay. When I say 60-40, I mean the, the ratio of stocks to bonds. So 60% in the stock market and 40% in the bond market. The chances of you getting to $3 million as a millennial putting 100 bucks in a month, slim to none. Math just doesn't work like that. You'd have Your risk tolerance would have to be through the roof. You'd have to be an amazing trader for that to work. Right. So on average, what we're looking at for your risk capacity is it's going to need to be higher. It's going to need to be a lot of money in the stock market. 80%, 90%. Hell, you might be super risky and be all the way in the stock market and not have anything in fixed income or bonds. That's your risk capacity. That's how much risk do you have to take to achieve your goal? So those are two things that I'm, I'm pointing out to people all the time is your risk tolerance and your risk capacity are not always the same they can oftentimes be very different. Most of the time they are different, right? Because if we were all Warren Buffett's, then we could take essentially no risk, right? Right, because a, a, a half a percent move in the market to the good with that portfolio size is, you know, it could be millions, in his case, billions of dollars, right? Um, exactly. For a half a percentage point, you know, growth. 
So yeah, risk capacity is, is a huge one, right? Because your risk tolerance might be lower, but then you can't complain, right? When it's like, well, man, like I'm, I don't seem like I'm getting to my goal fast enough. Well, okay. Well, you are the one who chose this level of risk tolerance, right? And you have to understand what it's going to take to be able to get to your desired outcome, which Isn't also, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, isn't that funny? Which like it segues us into another point of you sometimes just have to make more money. And in order to make more money, not just on your investments, but your day to day cash flow, right? Your job in order to make more money, you have to take more risk. So even if you're a W2 employee, sometimes your risk is going to your boss every quarter. Hey, boss, I I deserve a race. I deserve a race. I deserve a race. This is why Mm -hmm. that's risky. Right. Getting on your boss's nerves. Uh, and potentially, you know, coming to them seeing, seeming needy, that's a risk. So there's a risk in making money in any position that you're in. Right. So now that's a great point and a great segue. So the next step or the next option that you have when it comes to achieving financial freedom is making more money, right? Because I mean, we're going to keep it real with you. This is the Uncensored Show. You know what I'm saying? And I'm all for the cute apps like Stash and Acorns and, you know, all those apps. It's like, oh, I can invest five bucks. And, but you're not going to become financially independent investing $5 here, $10 a day. You're just not. You're also not going to be financially independent if you're working and you're only putting five or 10% into your 401k. Let's do some rough math just, just so y'all can understand this here, right? Because I want people to have a wake up call because what I don't want is all of these cool, young, hip millennials who don't think they're going to be like their parents and they don't have to wait till 65 to retire. I don't want you to be in disillusion of the reality of what it takes to be financially independent. All right. You're out here. And again, I love to travel. You know, Jacqueline, and I just talked about a trip that, you know, that we're all making out to LA in, in a few weeks. Right. So this is, this is not, no means it's not me saying you can't enjoy your life today, but there's too many of us who are out here flexing for the gram. Right. I mean, when we look, when we look at your closet, when we look at, you know, your travel plans and budget. We look at your brunch, but like, I mean, you, whew, we would think that you, you are, you're retired now. You're financially dependent right now. But the reality is you have not really wrapped your head around what it's going to take for you to be financially free. And if you think that five to $10 cute acorns and stash, stash app transfers are going to cut it or the five to 10% 401k contributions are going to cut it when you want to live off hundred percent of what you're currently earning in today's dollars tomorrow. Like you got to wake up, right? You got to wake up. And what's going to happen is it's actually going to be worse for you than it is for your parents because your parents didn't have social media and Instagram. So you're actually like our parents made maybe less than stellar decisions because they were trying to keep up with the Joneses, but they only had context to a very limited peer view, right? You have context to the whole entire internet and people doing Bali trips and private jets. And so you're trying to keep up with something that you don't even know if it's real, right? Because you have way more context and it's going to hurt you worse than it is your parents. I'm telling you, so I want you guys to wake up because the reality is most most millennials are nowhere near on track to becoming financially independent. Now, what I will say is our, our generation is, is highly educated. Now, I don't know how much they're executing, but they're highly educated. So hopefully people are aware and are at least making some better decisions. But if I had to use my gut instinct and also just looking at people who I've come across with from a financial planning perspective, man, people people ha- are, are very, very misguided, right? And so, you know, I, I say all that to say when it comes to making more money, right? You got to take that intellect that you have 
and literally create income streams that you don't even need. The secret to becoming wealthy is having money that you don't need, right? Literally having a business or literally having some type of income stream and you don't need the money because guess what? You can redirect all that money to accelerate your wealth building goal. So that's why we say that making more money is important because it's going to give you more capital to deploy at that wealth building goal. Yeah. So I think this is a good moment to just pause and shoot over to our big money energy moment. Our big money energy moment is just where we like to take a moment to highlight things that are going on well for the world, for the culture, financially. And so as some of you may know, Dwayne Wade purchased ownership stake in the Utah Jazz. So yeah, he purchased a minority ownership stake in the Utah Jazz. Um, He is a retired heat guard. I think most of us know that, right? So proud and excited to become a part of the Utah Jazz family with Ryan Smith and the rest of the amazing ownership team. As a businessman, entrepreneur, and investor, I bring a lot to this partnership outside of my basketball experience. I'm excited to help take the Utah Jazz to the next level is something that Wade posted on Instagram. So we are very excited for him. We love seeing um, more Black people get ownership in things. That's one of the ways to achieve financial freedom, of course. So we love hearing that. Absolutely. Shout out D-Wade, man. That's huge. Also, shout out to the homie Rich Fresh. Um, For those who are unfamiliar, he's a a up and coming um, black designer. Um, He just dropped his first official ready to wear collection um, before it was custom everything. Um, You couldn't get it. It wasn't wasn't a website for it, but he just dropped his ready to wear collection. Now, it ain't cheap. And just because it's ready to wear, I don't mean, you know, it's readily affordable for everybody. But If you can go buy Gucci, Prada, um, Chanel, you know, you can definitely support this guy. I actually ordered a tracksuit myself from him. Um, Can't wait for it to come in. Hopefully it comes in time for L.A. because I'm definitely stunting on y'all out in L.A. if it comes in time for L.A. It's going to be too hot. No, it's real lightweight. You know what I'm saying? You know, L.A. has those breezy nights. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be fly. It's a tracksuit, not like a a (laughs) suit suit. Okay. We'll 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 give you that. But yeah, shout out Rich Fresh. I thought that was hella dope. And um, I was glad to be able to uh, support that movement. Yeah, that is dope. Investing is something that fascinates many people. People want to learn how to do it, but they don't know where to start. They don't know what to invest in, where to open it up an account and how much they should even be investing. And that's why I created a free educational workshop to show you exactly what you need to know about the fundamentals of investing. So if you want to learn more about investing, click the link in the show notes, and we'd love to be a resource to you to show you how you can start having your money work for you, even when you're not working for it. All right. So option three, this one's not really going to feel any any better than the other options, right? Because the harsh truth about achieving financial freedom is that it's not easy. And so (laughs) it's simple. It it sounds really simple because we can sit here and talk about it for 30 minutes about how to do it, but it's not easy. So option three is to really just decrease your desired lifestyle. Now, that doesn't sound sexy, but think about it. The less money you need, the quicker you can get to your target date for financial freedom. So for those millennials who are able to stay with their parents, that's that's amazing, right? You're able to stay with your parents rent free. Like, what were you doing with that money? I know Mm -hmm. some people were saving that money to get their first house and they were being responsible. Other people were clearly just blowing that money. 
But I think that it's important to remember that the less money that you spend, the less money that you need currently, the more you're able to save, the more you're able to invest, the quicker you're able to get to that financial freedom number. I think that a movement that we have all paid attention to in the last few years is the FIRE movement, the financial independence, retire early movement, right? So that's a, a bunch of people who are like, hey, we're going to basically live as minimalists and retire super, super early. So mm-hmm. if you listen to a lot of their stories, um, firstly, that sounds sexy, right? Like, hey, I'm retiring at 30. I'm retiring at 35. Everybody loves that. Why would you not love that? But guess what? There's a lot of homeless people who are retired. <laughs> Oh, shit. (laughs) I talked to a crazy homeless guy like, you know, you know how they are. Yeah, I'm retired. I've been retired. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. He doesn't have any bills. (laughs) So I'm saying if you decrease your desired lifestyle, then you're going to get to your target date faster. Right. So it just depends on what your budget is. Right. So if you're able to stick to your budget, you're able to put on the blinders and tune out some of the noise of paying for this and buying that and going to brunch every weekend, that's going to get you to your financial freedom number faster. And I know it sounds simple, but it's clearly not easy. And I know I have to say no to things all the time because I'm like, oh man, I really would like to do this and I'd really like to buy that. And I would like to be traveling like every weekend. But I know that if I just spend up all my money that I'm investing, that I will not achieve financial freedom. So it's just about making choices. Yeah, not nah, facts. Um, I mean, even myself, right? Like, I mean, I'm probably going to get a new car at some point, right? But I've gone over two and a half years uh, without a car. So my BMW a few years ago, and, and me and my wife have a one car uh, household, right? Can I go buy another freaky car right now? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, let me ride this out as long as I possibly can, because that's the extra. I mean, any because any car I get is going to be, you know, I'm not riding around in nothing average. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to be <laughs> anywhere from five to a thousand dollars a month. Right. Five hundred to a thousand dollars a month that I'd have to you know, put it out for that vehicle. If I would just think I made a sacrifice for two and a half years to not do that. Right. So that is all extra money that now can go into investing. So the funny part is Jacqueline actually brought up brought it up in a different respect that I wasn't even thinking of, right? What I was saying originally when we had this bullet point is I was talking about decreasing the desired lifestyle that you want in financial independence, right? So if you do the math and you originally thought you needed 10K a month to live your ideal lifestyle and you cut it down to seven, right? That means that's going to cut down the time frame um, to be financially independent because you don't need as much in, in your target. But she brought up a very good point, right? Something I didn't even think about. If you decrease your current lifestyle, make the current sacrifices, then potentially, right? That means you don't have to make those same sacrifices in your actual financial independence life, right? It's like, hey, my target can be my target. I'm just going to accelerate how fast I get there by humbling my lifestyle now. And that's actually probably a better way to think about it because, you know, the concept of financial independence is you're essentially living off of a fixed income because you're no longer trading time for money. So while you have that active income, if you can humble your lifestyle and maximize on investing or deferring those resources so that you can live your best life in financial independence, um, that's that's probably a a, a bigger a bigger win. Um, Of course, you can decide to decrease your lifestyle and financial independence as well. But, you know, personally, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for me, I don't want to hustle to put myself in that position 
to then be like, oh, well, there's still so much I can't do, even though I'm financially independent, right? Whenever I decide to wear that badge of honor, they're like, yo, I don't have to work anymore. Like, I want to, I want to enjoy that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm penny pension or I can't enjoy myself. And so I would choose, if I were you, I would more so focus on the way that Jacqueline put it in terms of humbling your lifestyle now. So that way, whatever your target is, your target, and you're just able to get there faster because you have more resources to deploy um, because you humbled your lifestyle. I think that's a even better approach than the way I was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's got to happen at some point, typically. I mean, it even happened for me. I was like, okay, I could do this now, but I'm not going to be able to do that later. So let me figure out what makes the most sense for me. So I think you're right. It's just about figuring out your desired lifestyle, either now and delaying gratification or later. Facts on facts. All right. So uh, is that three? Have we already done three? Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. So that, that brings us to our fourth one, which again, I'm not one that I'm not a fan of, but we have to, in true uncensored show fashion, we got to give you the real, right? So that you know um, what your options are. The other option is that you can delay when you want to be financially independent. Right. We know being financially independent at 30, 35, 40 sounds cool. But one of the things that I had to explain to people, people ask me like, why I work so hard, why I go so hard. Trust me, this shit isn't in vain. Right. I'm trying to shave 25 years off of the traditional time frame. So what the, like, what do you expect? Right. It's just, it's just math. Right. Like if I'm trying to be financially independent, right. In my late thirties, right. Then that means I have to hustle. Right. But I'm cool with that because I'm essentially cramming my, I'm front loading my effort on the front end so that I can, you know, when everybody else, you know, who, who you know, is still working at 55, 60, 65, and they're wondering why I'm on the yacht in the middle of the day, you know, I'm saying on a Tuesday in Santorini in my late in my late 30s. Like, oh, now you get it. You was you was telling me to relax and you're going too hard. And now you see I was doing that so I can have more freedom for longer. Right. You had your little your two week vacations and you took your every single weekend off and you were, thought you were doing something by telling me to relax and slow slow up. But now my whole life is a fucking vacation. Sorry for cussing. You know what I'm saying? True uncensored so style. You're right. You're right. And so like, that's my, that's what I think if people can wrap their head around that. It's like, if you truly have a game plan to condense that time period, then you naturally are going to have to, you're basically making up for lost time to cram that work in, in a shorter period of time. But if that's not about if that's if that's not what you're trying to do, and you're like, hey, you know, that don't sound too appealing to me. Working on weekends, like Jacqueline always says, like once a week. She's like, all right, got two years, seven days a week. I'm locked in. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I don't know if it's by coincidence that she'll be what, knocking on thirty at that point. Which oh my gosh, is so old. Um, be knocking on thirty at that point, or it just happens to be two years. But anyways, that's the thing that she says. I get you know, like two 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 years, seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? After that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some vacations and stuff and I'm relaxing, right? But what do you think, how much more do you think we're going to be able to accomplish as business owners with that willingness for commitment in that period of time? Is it going to hurt? Is it is it going to mean that while some of y'all are doing Sunday brunch, we're recording this podcast or working on scaling, you know, another business? Yeah, potentially. But <laughs> when it's all said and done, it's going to be worth it, right? But if you're, if none of that sounds appealing to you, then just push the time frame back, right? But you can't have your cake and eat it too. You yeah. can't not be willing to make the sacrifice and expect to retire early. Yeah, I think in another true uncensored fashion, we have to be realistic about the numbers. 
So when you hear typical retirement numbers, all of those numbers are based on you being like 65 or 70 and having, you know, 20, 30 years of life expectancy. That's not based on you having 60 years of life expectancy. The numbers are different. A million dollars lasting you 60 years at a typical four or 5% uh, rate of withdrawal. Like think about it. So the rough math right now is the 4% rule. Okay, it's just very simple, easy. So it means you could take 4% of your portfolio, assuming your portfolio is at least a 60-40, you could take 4% of that portfolio every year. So if you take that million dollars, which is like, a typical retirement dollar amount, right? Take a million dollars. What's 4% of a million dollars? $40,000. You could take $40,000 per year over your lifetime, which really that study's done for about 30 years. So you could take that for 30 years and your portfolio still be standing when you die. So $40,000, where is inflation right now? Mm. And where is it going to be, right? Based upon what, what the money that they're printing relentlessly um, but anyway, that's another story. For so like, where are you going to live with this $40,000? I'm just saying, where are you going to, where are you going to live? You're, you're not going to live in the city of Atlanta. I know that. I mean, you're not going to live in the city of Charlotte either. Even if think about it, if you live in the city of Atlanta, even if you've paid off your house, you're paying $10,000 a year in property taxes. I mean, you only got $40,000 a year. You're not taking the luxury vacations that you think you are. And you're definitely not doing that for 60 years. Right. So it's, yeah, it's being realistic about the numbers, but it's also being able to think in tomorrow dollars, not just in today's dollars, because it's going to take a whole lot more money the earlier you want to retire. If you want to be retired for 40, 50 years of your life, that means you need a ton of money. money. So, I mean, you, you maybe don't need to be working for your money, but you're definitely still going to have to have your money making more money. Right. So I think it's just all about being realistic and knowing what you're up against on your financial freedom number. Yeah. And again, I encourage anybody who's listening to this, like to stop running from reality, right? Like, and, and also stop just like lying to yourself about, cause it sounds good because I got, there's so many millennials I know that think they're living their best life right now. And like, oh, I'm going to retire early. I'm, I wouldn't dream of working until 65. Okay. Well, what's your plan? Well, tell, tell me how it's different for you versus your parents or anybody else. Like be honest with yourself. Do you have a plan? Right. Or is your closet worth more than your investment account? Right. And you, and you make the excuse for not being able to invest, but your them trips ain't cheap. Them trips ain't cheap. What? You know what I'm saying? So you gotta be, you gotta be real with yourself. Like, like stop, saying that you don't have the money to invest, right? Stop being in denial about um, the fact that you think you're going to retire or earlier be financially independent. You don't even have a plan. You have a few thousand dollars in a savings account at best, right? And again, we just want to keep it real with you, not because we want to call you out, because what we don't want to do is for you to be miserable, wake up one day and it's like, damn, like I don't even have the energy to work for another 25 years, but I just realized that I, and I'm not going to call anything by name, but here's here, here, here was a pivotal moment for me. It was 2012 or 2013. And I had a client, a prospect, I should say, came into the office back when that was a thing, huh, coming into the office. Um, I had a client that came into the a prospect that came into the office. He was like 42. Um, he had his like three kids with him, had his wife with him. And he was like, man, I feel like I'm kind of like starting over. I made some, some bad decisions. Um, I'm trying to figure things out. And then I had to be honest with him. I was like, well, based upon your current income and your current retirement needs, uh, you'll never be able to retire actually. Right. Unless like a miracle happens or you like triple your salaries, like you'll never be able to retire. And I, and it hurt me to say that. It hurt me to say that, but 
it was it was a painful reminder that like re- retirement or financial independence has nothing to do with age. He probably thought like, you know, I got you know some some time. I you know my forties. I know I probably didn't make good decisions up until this point, but he didn't realize it had nothing to do with age, right? He wasn't guaranteed retirement just because he was a forty and was wanted to start getting his shit together. No, buddy. Like you need resources. It's math is objective. You know what I'm saying? And the math was not adding up for my guy because he was gonna be able to save like a thousand bucks, invest like a thousand bucks a year or something like that based upon his current his current situation. And there's there's no math where that is going to add up to you you being financially independent. So for even you you high earners who because you want more money to trick off. You're only putting 3%, 4% into your 401k. That's going to be enough for you. That's going to, that's, that's going to do the trick. You're not doing anything outside of work. Hmm, okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy because it's like, if you want to be attractive, we can all see that, right? You can get surgery. You can wear makeup. You can do a, a BBL, whatever it is. Right. So that's one thing, right? You know, you want to get in shape. We can see your abs. Cool. But if you want to achieve financial freedom, we can't see your bank account every day. Only you see it. Right. So who's holding you accountable? Who's holding you accountable to that whatever 20% that you need to be saving every month? Like that part is always going to be like up for grabs, right? Like <laughs> who's holding you accountable? You know, shout out to Pocket Advisor. Shout out Pocket Advisor. Keeping, keeping people accountable because who's who else is going to do it? Like your family's not going to do it. You're not having these generational wealth conversations. I mean, it's hard enough to get yourself on board. Now you want to get your whole family on board. Like nobody's having these conversations. So oh, yeah. what was that? You know, I just thought about and maybe someone's already did this. This might not even be an epiphany. You know how there's like a credit, like we got the credit score or whatever, right? It's based upon, it's based upon like your utilization and based upon your history, all that kind of those factors and it formulates your score. Like has anyone patented the concept of like your, like your, well, your wealth score? So has someone done that yet? I don't think so. Like, but so it like, would make sense. Yeah. So basically like we give like a, a score that based upon like, you know, do you have like your basic will and trust or will or trust in place? Do you have... You know, a certain based upon how much you save, term or have saved. Do you even do you even have investment accounts? Right. So we got to come up with that because I know we have like that index thing that we do for our one-on-one clients, which is super cool that we just start rolling that out. Like I think we need to if it isn't already being being done, which even if it is not being done at scale because we would know about it, we need to like we need to figure that out, right? So that can be a gauge for people on like where they are and ultimately like where their weaknesses is. It gives you that same detail just like a credit report like well your score is not as high in this area because your utilization is over 30 percent or whatever your um, financial fragility score <laughs> yeah so we'll, we'll figure out the name of it but we, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna come up with that because I, th- I think people need some awareness because i mean some of y'all are like really cool like i, I like looking at your instagram and i like but i just know I've just seen it too, too far and too between. But it's, you know what it's like? It's like that person in high school. Like that person in high school is like, they were so fucking cool in high school. But then when you got to college, right? It's like, mm, that person that's kind of still hanging around the same hometown. It's like, damn, at the high school, you was a man. What happened? That's what I feel like it's going to look like in like 10 years from as adults, for the people who like were had the fleekiest Instagram or traveling. But now when, you know, when it's time to become financially independent, those same people, now they're actually having to work like crazy because they spent too much time flexing. I feel like it's going to be just like that. 
but for financial independence as adults. That's going to be interesting to see. And, I, and I, my goal is to see less of that if y'all listen and tap in, um, because I, that's, I don't want to see that, but I, I have a feeling that's what's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly just painful. And the reason why we can say that we see it is because we've worked with the clients who are 50 plus. Right. So you see it, right? So you, you talk to those clients and you figure out what worked for them and what didn't, just like your 40 year old client, you know, whatever he was doing before that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So you talk to those people. So that's why it's like, okay, I feel like I have this certain insight into seeing into somebody's life of like, okay, you know, one of my friends, I, I know she got a pay raise. And when she got that pay raise, I just noticed now she got all these designer things on her, on her page. I was like, wait, that's what happened with your pay raise. Like that's what we did with our pay raise. We went and bought some. Okay. All right. That's cool. But I know you're going to be working your job until you're 70 because you have not saved at all. We don't know where social security is going to be. Like even people who are like in their fifties right now don't know where social security is going to be. So as of right now, that's not until 67. So all of this retire at 60, retire at 65, a lot of that's based on Social Security, which isn't going to be full for you until 67. And I think that's going to be pushed back even further and possibly even less than it is now. But let's be real. It's 1200 bucks right now. Right. And it's a, it took the words out of my mouth. 1200 freaking dollars. Right. What are you going to do with that? It's, it's $1,200. You know what I'm saying? It's, and it's taxed. Social Security income is taxed. What's going on, guys? George Atchampong here, founder of Pocket Advisor, the number one financial social network where we do money together. If you've been looking for a community of like-minded, aspiring first-generation millionaires who are marching towards financial freedom, then look no further. Pocket Advisor is here. Pocket Advisor is a financial social network where it's led by a variety of experts, right? We're talking about tax experts, certified financial planners, personal finance, you name it, we got it. And we are your money mentors, right? So if you've ever had a financial goal, um, milestones that you wanted to achieve, Pocket Advisor is the community that's gonna help you achieve that. We have monthly challenges, right? To make this process more fun. You're gonna get ongoing accountability. There's gonna be classes, workshops. I mean, everything you can think of to make sure that you can achieve your financial goals, right? And the best part about it is there's a feature called Ask Penny, right? You gotta love it. And that is your financial advisor in your pocket. So if you ever have a question, right? There's something ever that's on your mind. You're like, you know what? I really want a sounding board from someone who knows what they're talking about. I don't want to have to go to Google and decipher between the Um, you know, millions of search results. I want to know that someone can give me some sound insight on a specific financial decision. And that's what you get a chance to do via Pocket Advisor. So if you want to learn more, click the link in the show notes and sign up today, right? Like there's just a, it's a great community of people. You're going to have exactly what you need to achieve your goals. And we can't wait to have you. But yeah, guys, again, this is not to be harsh. But like when you hire personal trainers, right? You 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 hate them a little bit in in the middle of the workout. But when you're done, you're like, yeah, they, I, they I always grab that. my love handles. <laughs> so you know, what we're, we're just trying to grab your financial love handles. Right, right, right there. You know, what I'm saying, remind you, you thought you, you thought with the right angle, you thought you had a six pack, and then we like, nah, mm. stop sucking in, bro. Mm. Mm-hmm. Stop sucking. No, you know what I'm saying, nah, but it's like it. we we talked about this before. We have an obligation to do this because at first we were like oh no, maybe we shouldn't be as real. Maybe we should pull back from people who 
don't really get it. But it's like, no, you need it in your face because somebody has to tell you. And then right. you can watch us on, I guess it'll be Instagram in 20 years and we'll be doing fine. We'll be retired and you'll be like, damn, I should have listened. Right. Because I you mean, can't get time back. Time is a, you know, time is a finite resource. And, and while we're on that in the workout example, it's funny how small moments stick with you. So I was in college and I was about to pledge Alpha, my fraternity. And I knew I was. So I was like, let me, I went to the gym. I was like, let me, let me try to get in shape. You know what I'm saying? Let me like get strong. Cause I'm, well, let me stop talking. Cause you know, there's rules. But anyways, more of the stories. I was in the gym and there's this guy named Ethan. Shout out Ethan. And I was doing this workout and I was, for lack of a terminology, I guess I was bullshitting. I didn't think I was bullshitting, but I guess I was bullshitting. And he just looked at me and I was like, what's up, bro? He was like, how long you been here? I was like, mm, about 45 minutes. He's like, well, how much longer you got? I was like, I don't know about another 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. He was like, well, you're going to be, you're going to be here for an hour and 15 minutes regardless. So why not go as hard as you possibly can? And I say that to say that when it comes to your life or your finances, like the time is going to come anyway, like it's going to pass anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like time don't need you, regardless of what you might think. Time don't, like if you don't wake up, the sun going to rise. You know, so if you decide to sleep in, the sun's going to rise, period. So you are going to be here anyway, I knock on wood, hopefully, right? So you might as well make the most out of your time. You know what I'm saying? Make the most out of it, right? Make the sacrifices, make the, the right decisions so that you can make the most out of your time. Because if you kind of live a lukewarm life or make lukewarm financial decisions, then you are basically allowing that time to pass where you could have put yourself in a really good position, but you decided to just kind of like, well, you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll do it half right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and those are the people who are the most frustrated. The person who sits on the couch and eat, eats bonbons all day and watches TV, he or she is not, they're not expecting to be in shape. So they're not really tripping if they don't get that result. Right. And the person, you know, and then, then you got the person who like kind of goes to kind of eat right, kind of does the workouts that's the person who's most frustrated because you're still spending a lot of time, right? Like you're still spending a lot of time doing that stuff. But then you look in the mirror, it's like, well, damn, why do I still look like this? That's the person who's most frustrated. It's not the person who doesn't do shit. Like they kind of expected that. And the person who goes all in, they expect to win and they do. But you you are identifying with that person, but you're only lukewarm and you're not getting that result, but it's because you're lukewarm. And you're going to be incredibly frustrated. It's a terrible place to be in because you're putting in probably almost as much time and energy, but it's not focused. It's not intentional. And as a result of that, you're not getting the results. And I think health is the best example of that because I know plenty of people who have been working out for years. I'm like, bro, like where is the results though? Right. It's because they're not doing the right stuff. And so we don't want you to be that with your personal finances. Yeah. So it's, it's just make a decision. Like I have respect. <laughs> I have a certain amount of respect for the people who say YOLO and literally YOLO. Like they're like, I do not care about saving for my future. They're like, I don't care. I don't know if I'm going to have kids. I might not have grandkids. Like my parents will be fine. I'm going to YOLO. I'm not going to save. I'm going to spend everything that I make right now. I'm just going to live my best life. Okay. I have a certain amount of respect for you because at least you're not sitting lukewarm of like, yeah, I, I should be saving and I'm not, I need to do a better job. Like, no, you committed to, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I don't think that that's the best decision. I think it's better for you to be temperature on hot and commit to saying, 
no, this is what I want for my future. So this is what I'm going to do. But mm-hmm. I still have respect for people who have made the decision of like, I'm just going to live my best life. And that's going to be that. Right. Because at least they'll have the stories, right? Say, hey, damn, like I probably should have said, but I, boy, I, I live some life, you know what I'm saying? Versus you, uh, you kind of go out, kind of do this. You took a, a, a bullshit ass trip here and there. Um, you know, like they gonna have some stories. They they took did the Bali trip. They did the the bottle service. They did everything they wanted to do. Now they're still broke, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. But at least they, they went working. all in. You know what I'm saying? At least they went all in on their their beliefs. So working, you know, hopping from job to job. You know that person just yeah. hopping from job to job trying to make ends meet. Right. You know? let's, let's dispel the myth, right? People say like when they see like an older person driving Uber, working Walmart, oh, they're doing that to stay sharp. No, the fuck they're not. They're doing that because they have no choice. Right. Like if you think I can't find something better to do to stay sharp when I'm 55 and 65, besides giving stickers out at Walmart or driving around strangers in Uber, like, no, like, let's just, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Because again, I'd rather us be harsh about this right now to wake y'all up. Then you be that person. You know what I'm saying? Like I have somebody that comes by and picks up my trash um, like Sunday through Thursday. And one day it was an older black woman that came to pick it up. And I was thinking to myself, damn, that's like, that's like somebody mama or grandmama. You know what I'm saying? But the truth is in 20 years, that's you. You know what I'm saying? It, it could be you. You need that part-time job or even the gig workers who are, I mean, because me and Jack were trying to figure this out a few, and my wife a few weeks ago. Um, I was like, damn, like, how are they making money? I was like, so I know that did they, did they get tipped from, are they only making money from getting tips from us when they drop off the groceries or whatever? And like, and these are, these are respectable adults. These are people in their forties and, you know, maybe sometimes even their fifties and they're dropping off growth. And I'm grateful, right? It's, I know it's a job that somebody has to do it, but in my mind, I'm thinking that's like a teenager's job. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, you know, we just gotta be real. Like that's, you know, that's what happens. Like you might be the man or woman now. But if you keep going down this path of not prioritizing your wealth, like that's going to be you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't want that to be you. And it's it's easy to tell right now because or it's I'm sorry, it's not easy to tell right now. Right. Because think about in college, in college, everyone is the man or woman. Right. You all are on the same level, like everyone's on the same playing field. And then you get out of college and, you know, everybody's kind of still on the same playing field. We're all entry level. And then at a certain point. Some people who take off and some people who don't. And it's not necessarily how big the takeoff is, but what you actually do with your takeoff. So what are you actually doing with that money? Are you putting it up so that you don't have to pick up the trash late night, Sunday through Thursday? Or are you just blowing it now and, you know, going right. to have to be stuck in a, in a harder situation? So right. And understand, we're not like knocking those jobs, right? Like we understand that like, you know, whatever. I'd rather you have respectable ways to make income and do something illegal or sit on your butt and make excuses because some people are too feel like they're too good to work at fast food or feel like they're too good to do whatever and they don't have any other alternatives. So we're not turning our nose up at those jobs. All we're saying is that you, you know, y'all, most of people listen to this podcast. If you listen to podcasts, you're probably a pretty intelligent person, right? And you have the ability to make sure that you don't find yourself in those types of situations. Right. Or or maybe or don't rob those jobs from people who are just getting started and need to make a little side income. Right. There should be like, you know, when you're 40 and you got to get this random side job because you're trying to play catch up, you're taking a job from, you know, a kid who's fresh out of, you know, fresh out of high school or not. You know, maybe maybe in college looking for some extra extra income or in high school looking for some extra income. 
you're taking their job because you're trying to play catch up. You know what I'm saying? And so we're just saying you're too smart and too capable to find yourself in these situations. But if you don't wake up and start taking action, that's where you're going to find yourself. Yeah. So in true uncensored fashion, we want to challenge you to actually live your life uncensored. Okay. We want to challenge you to do whatever it takes to reach your financial freedom number. So a lot of times we are censoring ourselves by trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying Mm -hmm. to keep up with so-and-so on Instagram. So we are challenging you to live your life uncensored, truly uncensored, and figure out what your true financial freedom number is and how you're going to get there. Right. And if you need help, right, uh, tap in with us. Um, You know, we'll leave, leave the link in the show notes. Uh, We have Pocket Advisor, which is our financial social network and accountability partner. So if you need someone to, you know, help guide you along that path, um, if you need a place to ask those questions, Pocket Advisor is a great fit. Um, If you feel like you're a little bit further along and just need somebody to really, really hold your hand and give you that one-to-one intimate guidance, then, you know, apply to be one of our um, financial planning clients over at Capital Wise. Either way, just tap in if you need help. If not, continue listening to these podcasts. And hopefully these these nuggets will be helpful. Um, but again, let's 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 all have fun because it, it ain't no fun if the, if the team don't get none. We, me and Jacqueline don't want to be, you know, out on the yacht in the middle of the day while y'all are slaving away at work. We want y'all to come party with us, right? You know, the yacht needs to be full. So <laughs> get your stuff together, right? We can help you if you need it. But if not, just listen to the podcast or take action on your own. And um, we just we're just here to help. So hopefully this podcast episode was helpful on four. I know we deviated to a different a variety of different topics, but four ways um, that you can achieve uh, financial independence. Um, be sure to leave a review on iTunes, um, to, excuse me, Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think about this episode. And also be sure to share this with at least three friends because you know there's some people in your ecosystem right now that need to hear this, right? And it's going to make your life easier if those people are on the same page as you because when you're trying to save, trying to make those sacrifices, but they not on game, right? Then it's going to be even harder for you to be able to hit those goals. So make sure you share with some friends or family members who you want to see make those commitments and changes with you as well. Peace. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?